You're listening to the Movie of the Week podcast, a podcast about movies which we review every week or until they shut us down. Welcome to another episode of the Movie of the Week podcast. I'm Jim. This is Drew. And this is Jacob. Sit back and relax as we talk about this week's movie, Wonder Woman, 1984. Rewind to the 1980s as Wonder Woman's next big screen adventure finds her facing two all-new foes, Max Lord and the Cheetah. Alright guys, let's jump into our spoiler-free section of the review. Uh, What should we say about this? I had a fun time with this one, I'll be honest. I don't think it's as good as the first Wonder Woman movie. Agreed. But, I mean, this was just a fun one. I mean, about there's a certain scene about halfway through that I just at that point i just bought it to whatever they were going to give me at that point but so i mean yeah it was just a it's just a fun trip and you know it's kind of the closest i think dc's gotten to a marvel movie while not being marvel if that makes sense it does well i would argue suicide squad was closer to a marvel movie in some ways but it was poorly done except except suicide squad was bad yeah, yeah. well you we'll could see argue, how the anyway suicide squad is later yeah uh jacob I don't know really. Be like, I enjoyed parts of it, and there's parts of it's more, huh? Yeah, yeah. Just like there's there's so many little questions that pop up when I watch this film, and I'm sitting there. It's like, okay, okay, you lost me your first second. Okay, now we have a MacGuffin. Now we have <laughs> all these wishy washy things. Wishy is very important to this film. Yeah, yes. I know. There's a lot of wishes going on in this movie, but there's. It's, yeah. Okay. So, like, my thing on this is, again, I think they're trying to capture some fun, kind of to give you a little bit of a throwback. They're trying to capture that Stranger Things money, uh, and rocking probably the greatest year of the eighties, the nineteen eighty four. One of the most popular. Yeah, you're just saying that because you were born in twenty. Uh, the, name a better year for cinema in the 1980s. First off, uh, name a better year for comic book creation in the 19 than 1984. Give me something better. I'm just saying. 1984, we got turtles. 1984, we get Ghostbusters. 1984, we get so many great things. And me, of course. So you know, top. I'm that. just I'm saying. Just... In 1985, you get Super Mario Brothers, which is cool and all, and yeah. me, but not as cool. Um. Anyway, so uh, it's it's got that retro feel, and a lot of people love the '80s feel, and it gives a fun nostalgia oh, mm-hmm. for for our generation. So if yeah, you're in that '30s era or '40s, even some of those '40s and '50s love the '80s as much or more than we do for different yeah, reasons, more, I'm sure. Yeah, more more the like '40s and the '50s because those those were the people who technically grew up in the '80s. Because our generation was, we were all we little la- we little lads, like learning to walk and going to kindergarten in the eighties. Some of us, anyway. Yeah. And the nineties is our generation. Now, see yes, that that's but a... we look, but we look back on the eighties with a nostalgic fondness I, I, that I agree. we don't I agree. have any right to. See, I agree. That's, that's what I mean. That's no, what I mean when I say you that. you can argue that there are certain things in the eighties we can't appreciate because we were just young lads, if you will. But yeah. the 80s is still what built us. I mean, we still experience the 80s. Most of us, half or more. Uh, all of us right. in this group, ha- uh, half or more. So, I yeah. mean, look. I it's... mean, there's just little small 80s references all yeah, throughout exactly. this movie. Because they have to have it for the setting. That you, you look, I looked at it and go, oh my goodness, that's a Commodore pet. Yeah. And they've, <laughs> there's they've another got, Commodore pet. And Every computer's a Commodore right. pet. There are references throughout before the 80s as well in this film uh but yeah i mean still uh but definitely uh very much nostalgic for the 80s so if you're one of those people you'll probably enjoy this movie for that uh if you're a wonder woman fan you may or may not love this movie um (laughs) the uh nothing else you'll love a cameo yeah the, the the there are a lot of split reviews on this so i'm just gonna say that uh this film is i would say family friendly uh, I, I think there are some themes and stuff that, uh, you know, obviously parental discretion is advised. I think it's PG-13. Um, yeah, PG-13. So I would caution. Other than that, I mean, it's it's pretty family friendly. There's some violence. There's some stuff. You know, nothing too bad, though. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, if there's nothing else, though, uh, let's go ahead and jump into our spoiler-filled section. Uh, so brace yourself. Uh, if you if you don't like spoilers, go ahead and pause the recording now and come back to us later. If you don't mind spoilers, if you just want to listen to us talk about stuff anyway and don't care, uh, tune in as we jump straight into the spoiler-filled section of the review. All right, Jacob, first thoughts. Go. Um, On the spot. I love the performances of Gal Gadot and Chris Pine. Like, Chris Pine's performance as uh, a man thrust into the 1980s from the 1940s, mm-hmm. I thought was golden. It's like, oh my gosh, this this and this. The point where um, Diana and him are walking through the galleries and his reaction to everything. The like new the trash can. The trash can yes. was hilarious. Yeah, uh, I, well, I enjoyed his way, wonder. Honestly, with modern art of that time period, yes, I agree. I can understand why he thought the trash can might have been. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it uh, looks like a droid, uh, kind of. It, it, so. Yes, uh, yeah, in a way. <laughs> uh, the to go into more po- you know, more positive about the film, the the fact that Gal Gadot, I think she stressed herself a little more acting wise, a little bit in this with more the emotional depth of where she, you know, had to go with this mm-hmm. and uh, her, of her character wanting so badly to have Steve Trevor back mm-hmm. that she, she makes this wish and Steve, who we see as um, Chris Pine, but actually he's just this, you know, ordinary dude. The handsome man portrayed by yes, Christopher yeah. Palaha. There we go. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, look, there's a there's a lot to unpack in this film. Um, there is. First off, I think you're mentioning the wrong actors to be the ones that could get credit for doing really well. I think Gal Gadot does a fine Diana as normal. I think Chris Pine is Chris Pine as normal. He's got some good writing behind him because he yeah, does a lot yeah. of telling us about how he doesn't understand the future. I don't think Chris Pine. Right does anything amazing in this film. I think he's brought in because people like Chris Pine. I really think that's why he's there. I think he's, he's an unnecessary character besides, uh, you know, we can, I I think it, I I would actually say the reason Steve Trevor is here is to give Diana that little bit of, uh, give her her weakness because she has to finally come to terms. Sure. She has to give him up so she can go, and be who she's supposed to be, and exactly, and that's what she's fighting. Sure, and, and that internally, that's what she's fighting the whole time. And I and I can see that. So he's not a useless character. The argument would be that it was a was an unnecessary right into the plot. They should have found something else to use because it's kind of unrealistic. Mm-hmm. And as someone who's a big fan I'm, of true love and all that, we're talking about someone she knew for a very short period of time, sixty years ago. Yes. But in the same fact, be like the fact you never really forty years ago, whatever it was, forty years so, ago. Yeah. That's at that point. It's the fact that like you never really, uh, dro- you never one. really dropped that 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 so, that woman, that person, that man, woman you fell yeah, in love with. Years ago. Yeah, sixty or seventy. Yeah, yeah. sixty years. One ago. of those. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, I mean, honestly, and again, I don't dislike Chris Pine. I think Chris Pine does an okay job. Not a bad actor. Does I think that the story was kind of weak. I think that there's a lot of issues with this, but I do think if we're going to point to actors who did great, we need to look at Kristen Wiig, who I think does a phenomenal job for what she get, is given, and the fact that her I character agree. doesn't get near enough uh, screen time. I think uh, Pedro Pascal, the Mandalorian, mm-hmm. yeah. is great yeah. as Maxwell Lord, yeah. and okay. I really, I really wanted a Mandalorian versus uh, Wonder Woman fight. Just I know that <laughs> wasn't going to happen. It would have been, been nice, but uh, that's not how that character works. It's not yeah. how it worked. Uh, <laughs> Plus, I mean, he's not wearing armor, but that would have been that yeah. would have made a difference. No, um, no, but I think Kristen Wiig does a, a really good job considering she's not this type of actor normally. She's playing more of a comedian mm-hmm. type, and I think yeah. you know she pulls off the nineteen eighties look. I mean, she looks like someone who mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne would have dated in nineties Batman. When, when yeah, she gets true. dressed up and everything, like when she's trying yeah. on clothes, she literally looks like Vicky Vale meets uh, uh, Catwoman from the nineties. Like you take those mm-hmm. two, smush them together. I mean, I think she looks like someone who Bruce Wayne would have been dating. And I think she does a great job. Uh, Agreed. The problem, I think, with this movie is we have too many villains, which we often see in a lot of DC films and a lot of comic films. 
mm-hmm. where we're splitting time too much and neither one's getting proper development. Especially when you don't have the niceties of a movie previous where that, mm-hmm. where those characters got introduced. Yeah. Right. Like, I totally think they should have introduced it, introduced Barbara Minerva and had maybe something go along those ways. Maybe she wake, makes the wish, but we don't actually get to see her use it much. And then after the wish is taken away, we see her become the villain or something. I don't know. But I think they should have had that character develop into the 90s or something. I suspect that this the the gimmick. Of, let's mm-hmm. be honest, of it being set in 1984, I have a feeling that's a one-off gimmick that they're not yeah. planning on returning to. So, sure. in order to because unless the because we never actually see her renounce her either of her wishes, yeah, uh, unless that yeah. somehow gives her the same type of longevity that Wonder Woman has, right? I, I don't know if we'd ever get her to come back again. Sure. Now, I will say that for the about the first hour, hour 15, I'm not entirely sure when the moment happened, of this movie, I was kind of okay. It, it was kind of just a normal... It was just... I'm waiting to see what where this is going because it's not obvious. But for whatever reason, and I know exactly what this reason is, <laughs> when they are in the jet, and I, it becomes very obvious that we're about to see them actually do wonder woman's invisible jet yes. on right. screen uh-huh. i started giggling like a schoolgirl <laughs> because it's like there's no way this was ever going to happen yeah yeah and so when it happens i mean the rest of the theater's quiet and you could just hear me going it's wonder woman's invisible jet yeah because <laughs> i'm just i it just caught me off guard and, but from that point on from that point on until the end of the movie, I was willing to take whatever they gave me and just roll with it. It sure. didn't matter how good or bad it was. It's like, okay, this is the movie we're in for. This is, it's go- there's going to be stuff that's going to that's going to be absolutely ridiculous, right? But played straight, right? And yeah. I, that, if we're gonna, if I'm gonna say that I have a weakness to movies. Movies that will just make me forgive a lot of stuff. It's when you take something as absolutely ridiculous as Wonder Woman's Invisible Jet and mm-hmm. act like it's normal. Yeah, I, think I mean it's the same. Re- it's the same reason why I like uh, the Adam West Batman series for sure and stuff like that because it, it takes this. It takes something that is you know is stupid. It's yeah. a, in a joke for years. You wonder why in this when they invented it in the comic books they thought it was a good idea. <laughs> but it, but they do it and it works, and I didn't feel offended by how much they, how little they thought of my intelligence from it. It was just, it's just when you do that and you do it right, you've got me for the rest of the movie. Doesn't matter how silly it is. Well, I and like how they, getting, and we're being honest. There's a lot of this movie that's very silly. I like how they kind of give us a decent explanation for it. Like she's been trying to make things yeah. invisible. I really wish they had a deleted scene with the coffee cup. Or some other, or maybe they did, and I really hope they do later and we get it in a Blu-ray or whatever, but I really would like to see that being used in the story. So we kind of have, instead of just all of a sudden, she's like, yeah, I've been trying to make stuff invisible. What Uh, I would have liked is when they get back to her uh, apartment later on in the movie, have have Chris Pine accidentally step on it. Right, or somehow break it or something. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. Having it in the the story, I think, would help. Yeah, yeah. Just, that would have been a, a, a fun little sight gag. Because yeah. there's a lot of other little fun uh, <laughs> slight gags in that apartment. Sure. Uh, I especially liked the cameo of the secretary from the first one. At a candy. Supposed to be a candy. Yeah. Her standing next to Wonder Woman, obviously, 40, 50 years later. Yeah. And she's, she's old, but Gal Gadot is, of course, as young as she's yeah. ever been. Right. Um, one of, like, I mean, this film does a lot of good things, and I think, again, the casting is generally really good on this. I don't think anyone in it does a bad job, uh, any of the main people for sure. Um, and I, like, I feel like the plot is a little bit crazy, and I think that it's really ridiculous mm-hmm. is the end with the whole everyone renounce their wishes. Yeah, I mean, that was, that's yeah, not going to happen. Bit... No. No, just, but maybe just, just because enu- Wonder Woman asked you to do it. No, yeah. Maybe plus, enough people renounced that wish in order for it to go back. And plus, sure. I think I, I don't quote me on this, but I think when right. 
Maxwell Lord renounced his, that might have cleared up a bunch there because the way yeah. the renouncing of the wishes seemed to work is it seemed to reverse everything you did with it. Yeah. To well, some that degree. Would, Not everything, yeah. but I mean a lot of the stuff. Right. Well yeah. that would be that would be the only thing I think that would make sense. Yeah. So right. and also also I do want to bring up the point where we get the uh the character who explains the uh what I call the MacGuffin, the the, the wishing stone. The monkey's we, paw? Yeah, the monkey's paw. We get him co- he comes in, we we find him, he explains everything, and we get this dialogue between um Wonder Woman and Steve Trevor of uh, the only way we can do this is actually kill him. We, we yeah. have to destroy the stone. And this time well, we have to destroy Maxwell Well, Unlike a lot of other times when you have a story like this with a MacGuffin, yeah. they give you at least two ways to deactivate it. Because yeah. most of the time they only give you one, and it's the one you don't want to do. At least this way they said, oh, you can also kill him. Yeah. 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 That'll take him. I'll take care of everything. Yeah, right. But uh, well, when it, when it came to... When it came to the Wishing Stone, it was, okay, we got this really interesting MacGuffin house. Because I'm watching the film, it's like, okay, we have this Wishing Stone. Here's our MacGuffin that everybody has to get. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, okay, this is going to be like a small thing. We're actually going to see the the, uh, the 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 god. We're actually going to see that character. No. No, it's just the <laughs> MacGuffin. It's just the stone. I'm like, really? This I is the story? Catch, I didn't even catch which god it was that was the god yeah, I Yeah, I watched it, was, it twice. Was, it, was so, it was just ran through. And I was just like, it's okay. Like, you know what? I'm going with Loki. He's been, not been, he's been over in the Marvel <laughs> Universe. They don't want to say his name because of that. Let's just say it's Loki. <laughs> yeah. I can see Loki doing this. Yeah. If we're being honest. Right. Yeah, like, I, I didn't hear it. And I, uh, I, I looked at it twice. I watched it twice. Um but like I don't think they say Loki. I think they say another name. I'm um, sure because I'm sure it was like a South American god that yeah we don't know. I mean it or, yeah. Like I think a you're right. American god or something. Like yeah, that. something that would have been hard for uh, that guy to pronounce. Yeah. Um. I was looking to see if it. Yeah, I think it's again. It's a god of mischief. We know that much. Um, yeah, and I yeah. think they kind of say something that sounds like Loki, but I don't think they straight up say it. I think they're worried about Marvel with that. Um, oh, I can understand that. But also, yeah. Loki is more North mythology, so they could say Loki and sure. not me. And not legally, mean, you're correct. Yes. Yeah, legally, yes. But let's think, look at it from a marketing perspective. I, I, yeah. Do you actually say the name of a character from your rival Cause, franchise, cause even you if know it's what's, public domain? You know what's going to uh, happen as soon as they do say Loki, though? They're gonna oh, yeah, get. Like, yeah. They're, they're, they're gonna Marvel have Marvel versus DC. Yeah. Uh, they're they're gonna have Tom Hiddleston do an ad where he just has a thumbs up for Wonder yeah. Woman or something, or look at all the mischief I caused for Wonder Woman, <laughs> oh and God. some kind of joke like that, and it'll just yeah. blow up, and Marvel will get all kinds of extra stuff, and DC will be go- uh, Warner Brothers DC will be going. Oh my God, what did we do? We shouldn't have said Loki. Now we've mm-hmm. yeah. Granted, it could get a lot of people to come watch it because they'll go, right. Loki's in it? Because, you know, there's a lot of people who don't understand that they're different universes. Oh, um, yeah. Which we always all, see. All you got to do is just have Loki for no good reason, or Tom Hiddleston for no good reason, just walk through a screen and go, oh, good, Loki's in this movie. That would be a great, <laughs> see, that would have been a great deal for Warner Brothers if they could have got him to say, hey, we need you for an extra. Can you play an extra? Yeah. You don't yeah, have to do just anything. Around, just going to walk through. <laughs> We're gonna have you walk through some scenes. Can Marvel would walk, probably shit a brick if walk, that was to happen. We, but can we have you walk through a scene with Linda Carter and just pre- <laughs> this after credit scene? Yeah, we'll he's, be just done. Saying, he's, he's just standing in the back, sipping on some tea or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's all. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. Of course, like, I'm, st- I'm still thinking that uh, Yondu. I can't remember that actor's name. Should have had a cameo uh, in Mary Poppins Returns. Right. Right. Yeah, that would have been appropriate. Agreed. Granted, okay. I haven't seen Mary Poppins Returns, but Neither. yeah, I own it, but I just haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I could see that. He does, uh, <laughs> and I was sad. disappointed. Everything uh, was sad. I don't remember Mary Poppins well enough to watch Mary Poppins Returns, so Me I think either. I watched it as a very young it, child. It's on I remember, Disney Plus. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> I've got too many other things to watch to put that on my list anytime soon. Um, Let's see. What was I going to talk about next? There was something I wanted to bring up. It was something bad. 
Oh, uh, well, I was going to talk about the good slash bad of the the Wonder Woman run and some of the throwbacks to the classic mm-hmm. Wonder Woman TV show and stuff. Okay. Yeah, because there was what... a couple of shots that yeah. I, I swear that was Linda Carter and not Gal Gadot. Well, they have her doing that run where she's obviously on a string and she's not, yeah. or she's flying essentially, but she's running. Yeah. And that's cool the first time they do it in the mall and yeah. stuff. But I felt like when it happens later during the action scene on the road, that it was horrible. Like it felt very out of place. You know when they're when they're when she's fighting all the vehicles and everybody's shooting mm-hmm. at her. I felt like yeah. that again that seventies era Wonder Woman running that obviously looks fake nowadays uh, was too cheesy for the action. I think it would have gone a lot better if she had. They had done it more like they would normally do nowadays. Right. And now, I mean, if they were trying to keep it cheesy the whole time, I mean, that helps. But it did sort of kill that vibe. There was a heavy cheese factor all through this movie. And I think, honestly, I think that cheese factor is intentional. But But, but but I do wonder if there is too much for something that's supposed to be in the same universe as some of the other DC movies. Right. Like, I would be fine with the cheesy tone throughout, but I feel like they're not trying to achieve cheesy during their Mm -hmm. action scenes because of all the dialogue, because of the way the action's happening. It does not look like it's trying to be cheesy. And even when she's running, there's no campy music or anything to make you think this is a cheesy action scene. It has the same feel of everything else. It's just used in that way. We never even get a play of the Wonder Wo- the old Wonder Woman theme, which would have been awesome. Yeah. I think it was in, in there somewhere. Scene. I never heard it. I was listening, and I looked at the credits to see if it popped maybe, up, and I Maybe I'm it. mistaken. I don't know. Anyway, that's okay. I watched it twice, but I, I couldn't tell you where it was at if it was in there. I just thought I heard it at one point. Um, at least maybe just the music of it, maybe not the full theme. I don't know. I don't know. Hans Zimmer's music in this one, though, <laughs> did seem to be a throwback to more of that style. Yeah. Mo- so much of Hans Zimmer's music nowadays seems to be heavily three notes and let's play <laughs> these three notes over and over again. And right. Have them all be whole notes and last forever. And they're not very melodic, they're very techno. Yeah. yeah. This was like. I was amazed how well he worked in the uh, the Wonder Woman theme from the rest of the Snyder movies and still made it sound melodic with everything else. Yeah. So I mean, I, w- I'm, I am actually tempted to buy the soundtrack. Yeah, it sounded good. I mean, it was I was impressed with the way it worked, but they've gotten really good at mashing the 80s with some modern things. I mean, it's been mm-hmm. done so much lately. Excuse me. Um, there are a couple of more things I want to touch on that are negative. Uh, is there something else y'all would like to touch on positive before I hit those? Okay, we'll jump into negative then. All right. <laughs> I'm sure there's something. It's just like it's okay, slipping here. my mind. I'll, I'll pair some good and bad. Uh, but here, let me start with a bad one. The whole uh, Steve Trevor possessing another person's body seems weird when it was an unnecessary. I mean, if she's able to wish for him to come back, why does he have to take over someone else's life for a few days? Essentially, you know what I mean? Like, wouldn't it have been better to just have him exist all of a sudden out of nowhere? Uh, And this brings up a lot of issues with a lot of people about uh, things that we generally don't get into too much in here, but the idea of consent and whatnot and other things, because somebody's taken over somebody else's body and things occur. So, Mm-hmm, like he right. puts them in danger. He's you know him yeah. and uh, Wonder Woman have relations, so uh, it yeah. it feels like an unnecessary problem. I mean, I'm not saying I hated it, but it did feel I mean, like unnecessary. If you're going to bring nice it back, if the, it would be nice if that last scene where she runs into the guy who Steve Trevor's body he has been inhabiting, if he just said, you know, I, I just had a really weird dream, and he's rubbing the back of his neck like it like he <laughs> hurts, and he doesn't know why. Yeah, he doesn't know why he's missed about what four days, something like that, right? <laughs> okay. Or maybe you can say, you know, I had this weird dream about you the other night. Yeah, you know, well, yeah. like you know, it would you be look entertaining. Familiar. Yeah, I don't know. Like again, I feel like it was just. I don't know. Maybe they felt they had to explain how he existed, you know, and he, if he wasn't there the whole time. But I feel like if we're going to go with he was wished into existence, why does he have to take over somebody else's body? That just seems yeah. weird. I don't know why. I would love to hear their explanation on why they went with I'm that. Ass- 
I'm assume. See, the thing is, I, until later in the movie, <laughs> I have to put it that way. My assumption was that there is a limit to what this wishing stone can sure. do. Yeah. Sure. But after we get the giant wall in Egypt, <laughs> right? Uh, the fact that they can make this plan work because he got someone to wish that his plan could work. Yeah. Uh, at that point, it's like you know what? This is getting... you could have worked a little harder on Steve Trevor <laughs> getting yeah. him in this. And and again, you know, I mean, like, I don't know. It feels like Wonder Woman generally wouldn't act the way she does because of this. I mean, I would feel like she'd be like super excited to see him and she loves him and all these things. Mm-hmm. But as soon as she know that he was knew he was a problem, like, I mean, I know what they're trying to do here, but it does feel less Wonder Woman than we would traditionally see and that she's willing to go, you know, we'll find another way. You know, I mean, again, I'm not saying I don't believe that some people don't move on. I'm just yeah. saying yeah. that I feel like that's not very Wonder Woman. You know, uh, especially considering Wonder Woman's known for being a bit more classic feminist uh, in her in her betray- portrayal. She tends to be very confident, capable on her own woman. And I feel like I love the sentimental side. I love the fact that she is mm-hmm. happy to see him and that she's in all this. But and I love the idea that she has this true forever romance with him. But I feel like she would have been like, look, Trevor, I lo- Steve, I love you, but. Okay, this is so what I'm we gonna, have to do. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this in here, maybe as a bit of a defense, maybe not. Sure. I don't know. Take it <laughs> how you will. But we see before she makes that wish that she's she's very lonely. Sure, sure. She's yeah. obviously cutting cutting herself off from the world because we we said this is what seventy years after roughly uh, something. Yeah, the first Wonder Woman. By this point, every person in that group that would, she would have considered a friend mm-hmm. is either dead or dying of old age. Right. Right. At that point. So she is probably feeling, you know, immortality's curse, essentially, where everyone she knows and loves in man's world is either dead or dying. She can't go home. Mm-hmm. Right. Because she, cause she left, because of how she left. Right. So she is stuck here, and she never found the only other one of her kind that ever left. That that ever that should right. be out in man's world somewhere. She doesn't know why. She only found her armor. Yeah. So yeah. it could be that she was at I mean, when she made the wish. She was very obvious at a, she was at an emotional low sure. point, mm-hmm. and so maybe because of the way. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm in some ways. I'm wondering if there is like if that God or whatever put like a lock on it to where you don't want to to renounce the wish. Sure, and, that and it takes a lot. It takes a lot of extra will to renounce the wish. I mean, I, I, this is just theory and all, but it could be that she was. It wasn't just that it was Steve Trevor. It was right. somebody she knew and cared for and. They weren't, as far as she could tell, going to die yeah. of old age anytime soon. I think it was, sure. but in order for her to actually get her powers back, because it's costing her her abilities, she's the one who has to give up the sacrifice. And it could almost feel more like I mean, we we hear this later on um, that it could be that she's feeling that she's got to once again make the sacrifice, and for once. She's gonna try and stand up and not do it. And it takes, yeah. what, what three quarters of the movie Most for her to finally realize this. I am being selfish. This, if I don't do this, I'm never gonna. You know, the world is doomed. World might be doomed anyway, but I have to go do this. And unfortunately, yeah. that means I've got to let Steve Trevor go. Yeah, that's my thought on it. And just just a good point on that. Be like her reaction to that. The, the heartache, the sorrow mm-hmm. was very, be like, her performance in that was very good. Yeah. Sure. Just the, the, the fact that we like, like, obviously you brought, you brought up earlier the fact that the archetype, archetype of Wonder Woman wouldn't naturally do that. But with this adaptation of Wonder Woman, that she is falling head over heels and she loves Steve Trevor with all mm-hmm. her heart and soul. 
that to have her back in you know 70 years later it's okay i i can't let this go this is the love of my life i can't let it go look then, i like i'm not arguing that she wouldn't be still in love with him like part of me goes yeah. it's a stretch it, there are people who do that i get that i totally understand that i mean if it was just uh, any man right sure right. i'm right there with you yeah right but is my i mean it's and it's one of the it's one of the, it's the first person that she got to know outside of her it's outside the, of the Amazons. It's the World War Steve tradition. I get it. It happens in Marvel, it happens in DC. Dude dies, you know, and they don't get over him. I get it. Yeah. It happens. Uh, <laughs> but no, I mean like what I'm saying is after she wishes for him, which makes perfect sense to me, especially when she didn't mm-hmm. think it was going to come true, but wished yeah. it kind of did. I I totally get that. What I'm saying is afterwards when she's not willing to give him up when that seems like the only logical way to do it. So, like, she doesn't want to take either option, ideally. But you you know how it is. Sometimes love makes you stupid about stuff. It makes you not see the logic. And that could have been what it is. And plus, it's not just her love for Steve Trevor that I think is it. It's this nostalgia for the way things used to be. Sure, sure. And I I can get behind that to an extent, too. Um, but we can talk about again how much how crazy it is how it all ends. Um, yeah, you know, because yeah. <laughs> the there's no way everyone's gonna turn it uh, turn over their wish and say no. no maybe I, maybe I, because it, Maxwell Lord uh, renounces his his that may fix it. That's what I right. was kind of thinking, but yeah, I also feel like thought. it says otherwise almost in the thing. So with her passionate uh, preach that no matter what your mm-hmm. circumstances. You know, you you're okay without it, even though there are people dying in poverty. I'm sure that what their yeah. wishes were might have been great or necessary. So you know, I mean, she is a god, so she doesn't understand that probably to an extent either, uh, or practically a god. I know she's not a god, I, but yeah, yeah. But also, like, <laughs> she, she she's lived in the mortal, like she's lived among man for seventy years. And like she's also she lived through the Cold War, exactly. so yeah. she should be very cynical at this point. She, exactly. She's also never been in a place where she didn't seem to have some kind of financial status, and yeah, she's she's a she's a I, I would say rich middle upper middle class at the minimum type person, mm-hmm. uh, and in this in this well, day and age, she's obviously rich. Uh, the clothes she wears alone say that, uh, and the yeah. job she works makes. Apparently, lots of money. So, mm-hmm. you there know, there is one little bit of odd continuity error I did catch when they <laughs> go to the Smithsonian to go steal a plane. Mm-hmm. She does so because she says, "Oh, Steve, you don't have a passport or a birth certificate." Well, obviously, <laughs> oh, the yeah. guy does. Oh, just and I'm still up. sitting there thinking, "You don't either." Yeah, <laughs> and you've been here 50 years. How'd you get one? <laughs> well, she probably has papers. She has rich friends. And, you know, people, Maybe I'm so, sure. so, but there's still a part of me going, you know, if there was ever an audit on you. I, I was thinking the continuity issue with that was going to be, he doesn't look like Steve Trevor to everyone. So that no, would be the, right. the bigger thing. But, but at the same time, that guy should have at least some sort of favors to get him onto a plane. I bet you he has at least an ID. He, he so. has got at least an ID, and it would not be inconceivable for him to maybe have had a passport from like a cruise or something yeah well i mean they said he had lots of pictures of himself now i don't know if they were in referencing to selfies or maybe he was a model and that's what because they said he's an engineer or he said he thinks he's an engineer but i have a feeling he was a model and that's what they were going for so they intentionally kept steve's body's character (laughs) vague for because they just needed someone for Steve's body to inhabit since they didn't want to go through the trouble of. He's saying, a meat oh, suit. You're, yeah, yeah. You're some kind of weird intergalactic zombie. Yeah. Surprised well, he didn't need sugar water. I mean, you know who knows. Zo- so, Honestly, I would have liked the zombie aspect. That would have been interesting. So I do. Wa- I do want to bring this one point up. When it when it comes to that scene, that oh, you don't have any papers. This is a. All this scene is set up for is the fact that we get the invisible jet. That is right. all this is set up for. I'm sure. aware of this. I'm aware of this. And there's you also have to ask the question, why does a jet on the on the on in the Smithsonian Institute have fuel in it? Yeah, exactly. And not just fuel, it's enough fuel function. to get you to Egypt. Yeah. Right. 
Who knows? Who knows? Uh, and, I, I and, would... also, and also the fact that, like, okay, we have Gal Gadot, Diana Prince, who's obviously very well well off. She's very well traveled. She knows the world. Wouldn't she have, like, a personal plane at this point? She's she rich enough now. to. She does now. Yeah, yeah. that's a fighter <laughs> And it's jet. invisible. Yeah, and it's invisible. Like, I don't know. I feel like, it, again, I felt like they just wanted to do certain things, and they went, oh, we're just going to go for it. And yeah, to an exactly. extent, that works. Uh, you know. To an extent, it doesn't. Yeah, that's very true. Okay, so speaking of speaking of things I have issue with or find weird and amusing, um, and I read this somewhere, so I'm not going to take full credit for it, but I read it, and I want to say it was in uh, Forbes magazine, but what, I, what they called the uh, Sylvester versus Tweety Bird. Uh, scene, which is the fight scene in the Golden Armor versus oh, Cheetah. Oh gosh, oh, <laughs> yeah, that was. Bad. I mean, the armor is so pretty, but so great and almost indestructible, and is just pieced apart. Muddled? You know, really quick. It's, yeah, and there's a part of me that's wondering why she needs this armor. Right. Why the standard Wonder Woman costume is not going to do good enough for. I get that in some way she's thinking of it as a symbol. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I'm sitting there going, you're the only one who knows this story. This story is not even recorded in mythology. Right. Why would anyone else know what a golden angel looking creature uh, coming here to talk on the radio is going to do? If anything, it's going to cause more signs of the apocalypse. Comic fans will remember this or have seen it in several different works. Uh, I think in Kingdom Come, it's in several video games and several Mm -hmm. uh, TV shows and movies. And it's kind of the go-to battle armor for Wonder Woman. Um, So when things get really bad, it's what she goes to. Now, if she was going to fight an army uh, of uh, parademons, this is what she wears. Uh, what she should have weared right right it makes sense then (laughs) but in this case i just feel like it was overused too quick it was just like this was fan service yeah it was we're gonna wear this armor very fan service and it was almost painful to watch because if there was no need for it if they were gonna do that they should have had her like really get her butt kicked by cheetah like yeah. really bad. Like, and then she had to put on something. Maybe she didn't have all her power back or something, and then had to fight her in the suit. I could get it mm-hmm. then. Yeah. But we're talking about she's supposed to be doing better and or getting her powers back and all that, and then she's throwing on this armor and it just gets destroyed. So yeah. I don't know. I felt like it was can a cheap. We, can we just talk about how horrible Cheetah CG is? <laughs> oh yes. Oh my god. Don't get yeah. me wrong. I enjoyed this movie, but I sit there looking going. You should have kept her in the leather, the, the <laughs> leopard print leather. That looked more intimidating than yeah. This mascara, mascara this, this looks like the the cats from Cats uh, got a little shaggy and a little mangy, and they decided to attack Wonder Woman for no reason. It's one of those classic comic book things where they go, "We want this to look a little more believable." So instead of going for the costume look, which works as we've seen with Marvel over and over again you can just make them wear a cool costume she could have powers and make a costume shoot catwoman did it (laughs) uh but literally just give her just give her the costume or 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 something make her a little more feral if you want but geez give her give her some maybe even give her a tail or an actual tail sure but honestly the rest of that cg is like dude i know why you shot this this uh this fight scene in the dark because she yeah. looks horrible. She You're does. hiding the bad CG here. Yeah. yeah. It's some of the worst fur simulation I have ever uh-huh. seen. It didn't but like nothing meshed or anything. No. Yeah. It was just it like was... and the way that and the way it's shot, you it's intentionally shot in such a way where you can't get a good look at it. Yeah. yeah. Because it's that bad. Yeah, uh, I'm and glad at least it. I'm glad at least they didn't kill the character, which is nice. Yes. So, you know. And I appreciate that as far as we know, she didn't renounce her wish. So or maybe she renounced one of them. Could Who be. knows? There's a chance that Kristen Wiig could come back. Yeah. Yeah. But. Here's hoping they I give mean, her the, if she got the wish that gives her the uh, abilities of Wonder Woman, which is yeah. kind of, this is not far from comics, to my understanding, at least. Yeah. They kind of went some similarities. Because she does end up uh, kind of having similar powers, but she's faster. 
uh and and a few it, little differences but yeah she's a friend of wonder woman's uh beforehand mm-hmm. but i i would like to see her come back and maybe she doesn't age or maybe she's wearing the costume and you couldn't really tell anyway mm-hmm. or at least maybe she gained some slight uh longer longevity or whatever yeah. um something like that i think that would be great because i think she does a good job in this and the movie's just not that great overall but i feel like there's bones here for another one because I know mm-hmm. they're planning the next one already. So, yeah, now, they've already they've already now. Like I said earlier, is is kind of weird as as kind of meh as this one is. I still had a good time watching it. Yeah, I mean, I didn't hate it. I I enjoyed it. It was fun to an extent, mm-hmm. and there was a lot that I liked. But there was a lot where I'm going, why are we doing it this way? Why is this going yeah. on? And mm-hmm. then I read a lot of reviews from people, and I'm like, that makes too much sense too. Why would we do that? Um, yeah. you know, I like. This movie is complicated, I think is the best way to put mm-hmm. it. It's fun Agreed. in many ways, but it is a bit complicated. Uh, what else do we need to touch on before we rate this film? Uh, I do want to bring up when Maxwell Lord denounces his wish, mm-hmm. you would think from a logic standpoint that ever since he became the Wishing Stone, he would denounce the Wishing Stone so all of the wishes everyone else had wished would go away. That's what yeah. you think logically. Uh, except that he became the wishing stone. Yes. The wishing stone technically still existed. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe he still at least had the enough panache to ride the jet back to go find a son at least yeah. right after that. Right. So he didn't get to keep that part of it. And who knows how much of the rest of, what he was able to gain, he was able yeah. to keep. But more, more often, not probably. It's more like there's still a remnant of the, the right. credibility of floating and that, around. And if there, and that is, I think, the biggest flaw of this movie is there is almost no resolution to no. what is almost a worldwide catastrophe. Yeah, exactly. There's because flaw. we were looking at World War Three at For the sure. end, of the, near the end yeah. of this movie, and all we get is he goes back, he saves his son. Wonder Woman goes back to her life. We don't know what happened to Cheetah. <laughs> well, Wonder Woman gave that great pep talk to everybody. I think that's right. A, and between that and the lasso, I think we're supposed to, you know, be fine now. Um, yeah. But but to some degree, <laughs> the world went on like it did in the real world until yeah. now. So I mean, there must have still been some, you know, and stuff appara- going back and forth. And yeah, I don't know. Ever- and apparently everyone forgot about the, like you said, the almost cataclysm of World War III in 1984, mm-hmm. and everyone just seemed to forget about it. I would have been, I would have been happier if the way this ended is that she somehow was able to wish on the stone. I wish it all went back to the way it was before, and, and her price for that would have been lo- losing Steve Trevor. Or it had just done that on its own. Some people, that yeah. was one of the yeah. common things is a lot of times that's what normally happens, you know, with this sort of situation. That final wish or whatever brings everybody back to normal. And we go yeah, back right. in time even. It just redoes everything that's happened. So, I mean, at least there's consequences, I guess, which is good in some yeah. ways, question mark. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I would like to see that addressed in future films. So if yeah. they're doing another one and it takes place in modern day, I would like them to, kind of like we see with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I would yeah. like them to have that playing in the background. Yeah. It would be nice. I you somehow know. don't think we're ever going to hear yeah. about what happened here again. That's possible. Well, because there. just the way the DC Universe seems to be constructed right, right now. Right. I do want to bring this. I do want to bring one final point up that it does have a very good message of the. We should cherish what we have and cher- and not like wish beyond, wish beyond our means and desire things which we cannot have. We cannot contain. So this idea of, of cheating to get cheating to gain something we don't, we don't have or. It'd be right. like how the how the the consequences like the quote back to the future the consequences could be disastrous right the key was, th- it does yeah but, i think the key with that is to remember that there's nothing wrong with wishing beyond your means it's the right. cheating to achieve it that's yeah, the mm-hmm. the that's statement it. that we need to remember because that's the truth whole point of the truth being honest and mm-hmm. doing things the right way you can do yeah, any right. number of things you can be great etc but it's mm-hmm. the the cheating to get there you're not going to be great if you do exactly 
Uh, and I think that's what that's what they're trying to push. Now, mm-hmm. reality says you can cheat and get there and be rich and famous and everything be great mm-hmm. as well uh, because we have politicians. Um, yes. And, <laughs> and people who do get, and get business rich people. schemes. They do. Yeah. Agreed. Much like Maxwell Lord was at the beginning. He was looking for that same cheat he was using mm-hmm. before. Yeah. Yeah. Cars. I do like his redemption in that, that he kind of mm-hmm. turns over. That's kind of nice. And again, I think Pedro Pascal is a good enough actor that he does a great job um in this film uh as a bad father very much like uh liar liar or uh some other jim carrey movies as i already saw someone put uh you know because he does i mean he's that bad parent who takes all that for granted but at the end he cares and he's Mm -hmm. willing to change which is nice so yeah he's he he starts off as a character who is very selfish that only if i get this only if i get this and then i'll make myself happy and even if it's real Go ahead. I was going to say, even if his motives are good. I mean, like, he wants to do it kind of for himself, but he also wants his family to have that good life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, but the ver- at the very end of the film, he realizes, be like, for everything he could earn, be like, he could ultimately lose the ultimate treasure in his life, which is son. And yeah. that's why he says, yeah. be like, I'm going to denounce everything because I love my son so much. So I'm going to denounce my wish because yep. I want my son over anything else. Well, and remember, he lost, too. That was kind of the thing. He wished to be the stone, but in exchange, mm-hmm, yeah. he was slowly losing any any control. Like, yes. he had no ability to stop himself from getting things. It wasn't just that he was slowly getting sicker. It was he yeah. was literally asking for everything constantly. Like, yeah. his greed went crazy. So. Yeah, and there's, there's one point in the jet where he used to be like, yes, I'm losing my health, but I can be like, someone can ask for a wish, and I can ask just for... I can ask for that organ. I can ask for this. I can ask for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I can. I can. I can live an immortal life. Yeah, yeah. But it's crazy. Well, he thinks <laughs> he can live an immortal life. He thinks he can. Yeah. Well, he does get healed when he uh, during the. Yes, the, but so. at that same time, you had mutually assured destruction going on. Absolutely. Between <laughs> between America and Russia. Right. Right. And everyone else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. People dropping like flies. I wish you were dead. I wish you would go live under a cave. Yeah, or, or like something. all the Irish people would go back where they belong. And then, yeah. The, yeah. then I and wish then you'd drop dead. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. But that that's very uh, appropriate for Ireland mm-hmm. and England. So, yes. okay, guys. I, I think we've probably talked enough about this movie. Um, yeah. Besides our last thoughts or whatever. So yeah. let's uh, let's review it. Who wants to go first? I'm giving this one a four stars. It's a fun movie. It's got some issues. All in all, I don't think you're supposed to think about it as hard as we've thought about it. <laughs> but because it's just supposed to be a fun popcorn eating movie as the first, I would almost say real movie back in theaters, even though we saw a couple back in August, I thought it was a nice trip back to the theaters for this one. It was just fun and enjoyable. And let's face it, I have a weakness for the absolutely ridiculous. So yeah. take that for what you will. I'll give it a three and a half. It has it has some very good moments, and then you have some very okay, this has got really confusing really, really quick. And you you have some very good performances, you have some very some good CG and some very terrible CG. Yeah. As in Cheetah. Um, there again, it's a mixed bag movie. You have this MacGuffin, which is like over-exaggerated beyond belief. But I understand that. Yeah, but it's a MacGuffin. I think you just like saying MacGuffin. I do like saying MacGuffin. (laughs) And you don't like MacGuffins. We can tell this. Oh, yeah. But there's, but every, every, everything that involves magic always has a MacGuffin. Yeah, I mean, there's always has to. I agree (laughs) But the MacGuffin is overused in this film beyond a doubt. It's the plot. <laughs> I yeah. know that. I don't think I don't think the MacGuffin should have been the plot. Mm. That's a whole that other thing. That, that is that is my opinion. All right. But uh, it's the middle of the road. It's it's not a terrible movie. It's not one of the worst DC cinematic universe no. films. But it's not because Suicide Squad exists. It's That's it's true. not it's not the original Wonder Woman. Yeah, That's also had, true. Th- this movie did have a huge bar ahead of it mm-hmm. that was Wonder Woman. And you get this movie 
It's kind of a thunk. It's a little lower. Right. It's a quite a bit lower, but it's a middle of the road movie. It's pretty. It's good, but it's not bad. Nor is it amazing. Mm-hmm. It's the middle of the road. It's mer. Yeah, I agree to an extent. Okay, so uh, you're done. I just want to. Yes, I'm done. I didn't mean to catch. Okay, um, I agree with you on some of those points. I really think it had a high bar to fight for. I mean, Wonder Woman was such mm-hmm. a great film, mm-hmm. uh, and having that World War II backdrop and everything. And I know they wanted to kind of hit the theme and 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 have some fun with it. And this was kind of a maybe an icebreaker. For, for some of the DCEU. I know they mm-hmm. already had a couple, but I, I think they wanted to kind of have some more fun with it, uh, kind of pay a little more homage to uh, Linda Carter's Wonder Woman and her cameo, which we didn't mention in the yes. thing. But yeah, anyway, yeah, her cameo. So good. Two cameos, technically. She's in it yes. in two scenes. Yeah, the, the in the historical scene at the beginning, and then it, or not historical scene, but the, the first, the when they, in the middle of the movie when they talk about it, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. the armor, and then at the end. Um I think this movie suffers from trying to do too much. I think Agreed. they they try to play up the camp in places where it does not feel like it's trying to be campy. I don't know if that's an editing error. I don't know who to blame for that. Uh, because like I was talking about before with the the on-the-road fight scene, I felt like having her run like, se- uh, like 70s Wonder Woman, essentially, in a bad CGI... Uh, or bad wire work, whatever you want to call it, that does not look like it fits, uh, was a mistake. Um, I feel like there are a lot of things that could have been done better with this film. I feel like there's great acting with what writing they had. Uh, so, I, again, I think there's a lot that could have gone better. I think they could have made a better film. Or they, I think they should have went all in campy or all serious or just a little campy with the serious just for fun. And I think they missed the mark with it. Uh, I think it's a three because I don't think I can give it any lower because the cast did such a great job. And I think they did a good job on hitting the nostalgia and hitting a lot of things. But I think it really wasn't a good movie. I think it was enjoyable. Uh, And that's all I can say, I think, as far as that goes. I think a three, enjoyable, but not good. So, Um, And if there's nothing else... That's Wonder Woman. Uh, this is our review of Wonder Woman 1984 from 2020. You've been listening to the Movie of the Week podcast. If you'd like to follow Jim, you can find me at on Facebook and Twitter as Passive Creative or on Instagram as Passive Creator. This is Drew, and you can follow me on my photo bin on Facebook. It's at Drew's Photo Bin. Uh, you can follow me on Letterboxd at GGeorge759, where I try to leave a review of every single movie we review. And then you can also follow me on Twitter at GGeorge759. You can find Jacob on Facebook at Jacob's Daily Art Corner, where I try to draw each and every day. You can also find me on Twitter at Jacob B. Heron. You can also listen to our sibling show that Jacob and I are on at thecellcast.podbean.com, where we review animated movies. You can also listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are sold. Please remember the opinions expressed in this podcast are for entertainment purposes and are those of the creators alone. At the end of the day, the only opinion that matters on whether or not you should watch a movie or whether you enjoy it is your own. As always, thank you for listening to the Movie of the Week podcast.